0: Welcome to Weight Loss for Small Animal Vets podcast. I am Nadine Kojokaru, DVM and Certified Life and Weight Coach. Hello, friends! Welcome to episode 15 of the podcast. Emotional eating. How are you doing, friends? What's up on the small animal vet front? For me, I've cried some rivers in these past days. Yep, coaches cry too. I had to put to sleep some dear patients and to bring the death doom to another relatively young ones. And on top of that I had some personal emotions that I had to deal with, some neoplasia diagnosis in people I know and I care about, or clients that had intense emotional weeks. And this last week finished with with a dear vet colleague died unexpectedly. So I allowed myself to experience the sadness and I processed those emotions. What the heck do I mean by that? Because processing emotions is definitely a jargon term used in coaching. And in plain English, I allowed myself to feel sad and cried my eyes out. Intense sadness means crying for me. I don't know how you experience intense sadness or if you allow yourself to experience intense sadness. But for myself, if something that my brain interprets as sad happens, I can be professional and hold the space for the pet owners and their emotions. And I am doing my job as a small animal vet and as a coach, but I don't deny the need of discharging those emotions later on if I feel like it. Usually, I am not a crier, but my negative emotions jar was full. The funniest is that my husband usually freaks out when I cry and still wants to fix me after almost 24 years of being together. After I explained that I was just sad and I was just throwing a pity party and just cried, He asked, yeah, but why do you cry? (laughs) Because he wanted to fix it. And my answer was, because I can. And we both paused and then lost it and burst into belly laughs. And then I asked permission to resume crying. (laughs) Belly laughs and crying are my best medicines for processing intense emotions. I'm not doing it often, a few times per year, but I'm not fighting it when I need it. I just allow this process to happen, and I just allow my husband to freak out. (laughs) I used to not allow this to happen, to hide when it happened, because I am a strong person with strong opinions and I'm resilient as a titanium-built spaceship. But do you know what happens when we ignore the emotions we accumulate during our days and we are just pretending that they are not there? We usually end up using food, alcohol, binge-watching Netflix, to be able to cope with them. Which is exactly what emotional eating is all about. Using food as a serotonin, dopamine, desire source to dull the unease we feel when we experience intense emotions both positive and negative. The dopamine creates more and more desire for the food, but as we eat it, the flood of dopamine downregulates the receptors. This perpetuates the desire. So we'll need a more intense stimulus to get the same pleasure if the receptors are downregulated. And the more we do something and the more we are practicing something, the stronger that neural pathway becomes. And eventually, we get so good at doing that behavior that it becomes an unconscious habit delegated to our unconscious brain. The dopamine acts like an anesthetic and is included in the reward system that our primitive brain uses for seeking pleasure and avoiding pain. So to resume that, overeating has become a way to avoid pain, seek pleasure, delegated to our unconscious brain i mean it's like driving the car on a known road peachy huh more than that overeating or even overdrinking it's a socially accepted way of dealing with emotions while an honest to god cry is considered weakness or a sign of mental instability. I actually have a picture taking, taken on a Greek island for some years ago with an ice cream commercial saying, don't feel your feelings, eat them. Peachy again, isn't it? How to recognize if we are emotional eaters. And by the way, We don't have to be overweight to be emotional eaters. Fascinating, isn't it? We eat when we are not hungry. We continue eating even after we are satiated. We graze, snack when we think that we are bored or when we feel restless. We buy donuts and eat them when we think, I had a stressful day, or I deserve this. We snack throughout the day. Remember, a snack is always an emotional event. If we are not super slim, or have a medical or physiological condition that requires constant snacking, we are emotionally eating every time we snack. We use the snack to deal with an emotion. Our bodies have fat on them to provide us with energy between the meals. We are not supposed to snack. Those habits are usually happening in the evenings or in, during the nights after we arrive at home. Why? Because we've created a habit, which means we've done this behavior so many times that is already in the unconscious brain as, like I said, driving the car on an already known road. And because our willpower, which is a superior brain function, requesting a shit ton of energy, gets depleted during our days at work. As I said before, we are hoarding negativity and we use surges of dopamine to deal with the discomfort we feel or the emotional pain we feel as a result of that negativity. The relief provided by the dopamine is short-lived. It only lasts for 10 or 15 minutes. And we'll feel again the restlessness, boredom, the unease. So we'll take another snack, or another beer, or another glass of wine. This is how the constant grazing, snacking, incontrollable eating is happening, especially in the evening or during the nights. How the heck do we deplete our willpower during the days? And what's the solution for that? From my experience with vet clients, the easiest way to deal with food, alcohol urges, cravings at evening, is to start understanding and dealing with our emotions from the freaking moment we wake up in the morning. And as my crying a river example shows, there are negative emotions that are unavoidable and that need to be processed. Okay, that jargon word again, people, but bear with me. So there are emotions that need to be processed and there are negative emotions that are totally unnecessary. And I will refer you to the episode 7 of the Weight Loss for Small Animal Vet podcast about hoarding negativity. And I will say it again and again because I just love this profession And I love my reasons for becoming a small animal vet so damn much. Do you even remember why did you choose to become a small animal vet? We are so wrapped up in our judgment, blaming, pointing fingers, searching for flaws, that we've freaking forgotten the freaking essential. We love... Our patients. When we derail from this core belief, we suffer. We became vets to be able to help them. And sometimes, love on them means to end their suffering by euthanizing them. It's our oath, honor, privilege. And responsibility. But let's get back to the love for our patients and how the heck is this involved in the emotional overeating. Like I said, we've got derailed. That's it. The vast majority of vets who are still practicing as clinicians have believed that they love the pets at some point in their lives. And those who don't love their patients or never did, probably are not listening to this podcast. It's quite difficult, if not impossible, to be in this profession, in quotes, because it's a safe choice, or just because of the money, like a lot of pet owners accuse us for. And let's not open the money in vet profession jar right now. Let's leave it for another episode. The vast majority of us chose this because our love for the pets. We wanted to help them. Somewhere on our way to become adult vets, so when our vet prefrontal cortexes were still extremely susceptible to influences as a vet student or baby vets, we've picked up some or all of the following beliefs. I became a vet because I hate humans, so now I have to deal with them all the time. I hate pet owners, just give me the pet, with different flavors to that. I hate the associate vet attitude I hate the relief vet attitude I hate the boss attitude I hate lazy vet techs I hate stupid people, stupid vets, stupid vet techs, stupid bosses, stupid laws, stupid covid Another one, burnout is normal in this profession Compassion fatigue is normal in this profession. If you care too much, you'll get burnout. I am a person who cares too much. You won't survive this profession if you don't stop caring. You'll get sued, reported, publicly shamed on social media or in the newspapers or on TV. What does any of the above have to do with emotional eating and why is our willpower depleted after those days or our days at work? The answer is because while thinking those thoughts on autopilot will create the neurochemicals responsible for anger, frustration, hate we won't act on those emotions. Our education and our social skills won't allow it, but we'll have to use willpower to act or to respond in a socially acceptable way and those moments are usually piling up during a day. To give you a typical and simple example, who might create a reliable flow of unexpressed and unprocessed negativity, let's say that you see three vet techs sitting and laughing and making jokes and you are trying to restrain a dog or to take some blood samples. You think, come on idiots, can't you see that I freaking need help? You feel anger or sadness, but you probably don't tell them those words. You'll restrain and block some of that anger or frustration before you talk to them. That, my friends, requires a shit ton of willpower. And the more you think thoughts that create anger, frustration, resentment, righteousness, the more tired, depleted of any energy you'll be after your workday. And by just repeating the habit of eating, drinking to deal with this, you'll reinforce the neuropathways in the lower parts of your brain or the unconscious parts of your brain. This is what I teach my clients. What am I thinking right now? How am I feeling? Is it useful? So, try to do this as well. Because every feeling that you feel is created by the way you think. And you get to decide if it's useful or not. So, the three questions again. What am I thinking right now? How am I feeling? Is it useful? You can still address the VET text and ask them to help you, but I highly recommend to skip the part where you are angry. And I can teach you how. And yeah, you won't be able to deal with those emotions or those thought patterns from the beginning and interrupt the pattern from the beginning but it's such a fun process to implement in our busy vet lives because it will definitely help you shed a shit ton of emotional weight translated actually in kilograms or pounds on the scale. And when you arrive home expect That you'll want to graze and snack. Expect that you'll feel hunger because you've trained your ghrelin, the hunger hormone, to kick in at that time. Nothing has gone wrong so expect that to happen. You can feel physical hunger and wait until your dinner is ready. Because you know what happens when you feel hungry? Your insulin is low, your body will take fat from your fat storage, and it will burn it in your liver to support and feed you. Your body will take care of you. And you'll take care of your body by eating what you've planned to eat and stop when you've said you'd stop. It's never the vet techs laughing that create the anger. It's never the overbooking of your patients who create frustration. It's never your colleague being late that creates resentment. We create feelings by the way we think. It doesn't mean that we don't ask the vet techs for help, or we don't discuss with the front desk people about booking of those extra patients, or don't bring this up with the person who is late. But going first through frustration, anger, resentment, will pump your system with stress hormones and neuromodulators creating intense negative emotions. And you will suffer, not them. And you know who else will suffer? Your patients. I mean the exact reason you've chosen to become a vet. You will lose time and brain energy dealing with unnecessary negativity instead of finding solutions for them. And you will lose time from liking and loving the pets with unnecessary brain shenanigans. By the way, your IQ drops significantly when you experience intense emotions. When emotions are high the intelligence is low, which is a scientifically proved fact. So, again, why did you become a vet? Because you love and care for the animals. Learn the tools to skip the unnecessary negativity and to enjoy both your personal life and professional career. Learn the tools for processing the inevitable negative emotions that are part of this profession and shedding the emotional overweight will become easy and fun I am saying this from the deepest bottom of my heart your patients are lucky to have you on their side Don't deprive your body from the love for the pets neurochemicals by indulging in unnecessary loops of negativity. Contact me if you want to learn more and you are determined to fix the emotional overeating for good. There are two layers of this process and I can teach you this. First layer is skimming down the amount of negativity we experience. The second one is how to process the inevitable negativity without eating or drinking. There is nothing that you can come up with that I haven't experienced myself or solved for myself in both that career and in my weight loss journey. Send me an email to info at vetcoachinternational.com or contact me on social media. I can coach you in English, Swedish or Romanian. And there are links in the show notes. Have an awesome rest of the week, my friends. Lots of loving hugs.